0: Welcome back to Jobber's Delight. I'm your host, Scott Polarzik. Some of you may know me, some of you may not. I don't really care. I mean, if you're listening to this, you must be really bored because you just randomly picked something out. I would tell any of my friends that I was going to try and do a podcast and I don't think they'd care if I did. So, who are you? I'd like to think that you're some sort of Third World Nation Refugee. And the first thing you did when you found a phone was randomly look up a podcast just because you didn't know what they were. Somehow you stumbled onto my recording as you found it. The only thing you could think of yourself was, my God, the Western world is really fucked up if this is the kind of shit they're listening to. And you were right. It's pretty much the Western world in a nutshell. Um, Sorry for the bad drinking water, and you're welcome for the... Genetically modified corn with the vitamin A built into it. So that's my topic today. Genetically modified, is it good or is it bad? GMOs. First of all, what is a GMO versus what is selective breeding? So genetically modified means that we've actually gone in and we've with the DNA structure. This is something that the average person is not capable of doing on their own. What are some counterexamples to this? Well, obviously, if you go to the store and you buy broccoli or cauliflower, or brussels sprouts, cabbage, it all came from one little form of cabbage that a farmer went out in the fields, I guess somewhere in Scotland, not exactly sure in these details, and while he was out there, he selectively bred different types of cabbage until eventually he got different stocks and everything. Uh, Similar examples to this would be dog breeds. There are no different species of dogs. There is one species of dog, and that dog is selectively bred for different traits. This is the way that humans evolve, you know, pick the, the traits that are most adaptive, the most appealing. Those ones live on, the other ones die off. Aside from that, a little mutation here and there. So genetically modified, this means that somebody went in, tampered with the DNA, and generally we're talking about crops here. They produced a crop that was better able to grow in some area or had a vitamin that was missing in some area. Uh, Two ones that stand out in my head are uh, the papaya crop in Hawaii and the crop in... guess some parts of Eastern Europe where they're having difficulty getting vitamin A, so they modified uh, modified rice, golden rice. Americans think that everything has genetically modified stuff in it. You know, if you buy it from the regular grocery store and it doesn't say non-GMO, it must be GMO. But it's not true. In fact, about the only way you can get GMOs in America is if you... uh, where to go and you were to eat the food that your food eats. So most of the genetically modified corn is fed to animals. And you can get a few specialty products if you go out of your way to look for it, but that's just not a thing in the States because it's easy to get a lot of different food sources in the States. Not difficult to grow them at all. That doesn't mean that commercialized farming isn't going on at the same time, but they're different things. So, there's a lot of propaganda a lot of rhetoric about the fact that uh, GMOs are so bad for you, but there's no actual scientific evidence. Now, people who like to put these theories out. They can just make up whatever they want because nobody's looking into their claims, but a lot of people are buying into their claims, and there's just nothing to substantiate it. There was no herd of bee that blew up because of modified corn. Um... You're not getting this stuff in everything you eat. You're probably not getting this stuff in anything you eat. And there's whole countries where this would be the most useful thing in the world. But because they're so worried about the fear of it, they outlaw every bit of it. And they're the ones who need it. So, of course, this causes problems. Because you have the same group of people and... Um, you know, I'm, first of all, let me put out there, I am not a liberal, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a conservative, I'm just a realist. Whatever's the best solution, regardless whether anybody likes it, that's the solution we should use. So I'm against overpopulation. That being said, those people that want to save everyone, it's really ironic that they're the ones who are saying the GMOs are so bad at the same time, because... GMOs are out there to help save everybody. We have limited food supplies in some parts of the world. The only way to get them food is to genetically modify things to grow in those climates or to get vitamins to those people when those vitamins are not possibly available to everybody. So you want to save everyone, but you don't want to do it this way. Well, this is the best way. You don't want to save everybody? Fine. I'm okay with that because I don't want you to save everybody. I don't think that's the best long-term solution. But nobody's asking me, so whatever. It's just kind of funny when you've got this attitude of like, hey, we're going to do everything we can to save you, but not this. We're going to do everything we can to save you, but we're not going to do the one thing that would help get food to your place because it's too expensive to send this food from us over to you because you have to ship it and then you have to cool it and refrigerate it and all that costs energy and energy destroys the planet and it's just a, it's a long list of kerfubble and kerboffle which are fun words so yeah don't uh, don't buy the rhetoric GMOs are perfectly fine they they get tested extensively, more than any other food you eat, to make sure there's no adverse effects, nothing's ever been reported, and just don't believe the hype. Which leads us to the other one you shouldn't believe the hype for. Organic food. So the number one things that people who eat organic say. It tastes better. Well, there's some credence to that. Uh, I mean, most of the stuff that you buy in the grocery store has been picked early, left unripened, stored inside of a limestone cave underground, where it won't ripen quickly. And then as it slowly starts to ripen over a much longer process, they bring out the stuff that is ripe and sell that in the stores. And that's how you get your oranges in the middle of winter, even though you live in northern Canada, where oranges don't grow ever. So, yeah it's going to taste a little bit better because it's going to ripen naturally and everything. That's, that's a valid statement. It's not always true. It's not true with every single vegetable. And certainly things that are in season at the right time, you know, that's fine. You know, buy from your local farmers and all that. It's great. But you can't do that all year round. So what's the next thing that everybody says about organic foods? It's responsible farming. This is the big one that's a that's a problem. Because commercial farming uses every single aspect of every single resource to push every single single cent they can out of their crop. That means they're using the land again. And yes, that means they're using fertilizers and stuff that aren't necessarily good for the environment. But I have a newsflash for you. Those organic farmers, they're using the same stuff. They are often using it in in more significant amounts because the commercial farmer is using the exact amount that it needs and not a penny more. The organic farmer is using less. No, they're using a lot more, a whole lot more. And, of course, the number one food that we produce is actually grain food for feed cattle, which is GMOs. So these GMOs are modified to uh, the corn and stuff to not need um, so much pesticide. It's called Roundup Ready. So Roundup does not affect the corn. It affects everything else. Yep. The... Chemicals in Roundup are biological in nature. They're extracted from plants. They take the regular amount that naturally forms in corn, and they amplify it a little bit. Does it have an adverse effect if you ate it? No. If you ate a whole field of it, you wouldn't get any adverse effect from it. Does it cost a lot less to do it this way? Yep, sure does. Does it contain any chemicals that the organic farmer uses? Nope. In fact, the organic chemical farmer uses the same amount and uses it in greater quantities. So, what it ends up being is you're paying about twice as much money for a product that's not necessarily twice as good. And You're going out of your way to do it. Something in this country is weird. Like, everybody likes to... To spend extra money on stuff because the extra money means it must cost more, it must be better. And sometimes that's true. I mean, you buy a cheap t-shirt for a buck, you buy one for 15 bucks, the one for a buck is probably crap. But that doesn't mean the one that costs you 15 bucks has to cost $15. It probably costs about as much to produce. Uh probably costs about twice as much to produce as the dollar shirt. So if the dollar shirt costs 50 cents and they're selling it for a dollar, the $15 shirt costs a dollar and they're selling it for $15. And we'll buy the $15 shirt because it's so much better. Not because it's worth that price. That's that's pretty much everything in our little society, in our economics, is people are just willing to pay more for it, so they're going to charge more for it. Which brings us back around to the minimum wage. So when I was a kid, minimum wage was four and a quarter. A four and a quarter that was considered to be enough money to basically live off of if you had, you know, somebody owned a multi-house, a multiple-room house, and you were renting out a room in that house. You could afford minimum wage no problem. Then they raised it to five fifty an hour. And everybody was really happy. Um, but the problem is, is that the prices of everything didn't go up by the same percentage. They went up by more. And it happened gradually over time. It keeps happening gradually over time. But those people who were making a lot of money, who were making well over minimum wage, they didn't get the same jump in pay wasn't like we just shifted the whole economy and left the prices where they were. That's not how it happens. If the economy, <clears throat> if the prices all went up by 10%, or if everybody's pay went up by 10%, and the prices went up by 10%, there'd be no change. So effectively what happened is everybody who had a decent paying job, now was proportionately making less because people who were making minimum wage were cutting off the bottom cap of the economy, and everybody said spend, because we've got more money, so if there's more demand, we got the same supply, I guess the cost has to go up, that makes sense, right, the cost goes up, and as the cost goes up, those people who were making the same amount of money, they didn't get a 10% raise, they got like, you know, maybe a 5% raise, a small nominal thing, just so they wouldn't complain about it. The minimum wage went up to seven fifty an hour. When minimum wage went up to seven fifty an hour. Those people who were making thirty thousand dollar a year of jobs. now, maybe they were making yeah thirty two thousand dollar a year. Maybe they got that little price jump just to keep them happy and then you know, well, we're paying so much more in prices and we're not making as much money, so I guess the easy way to do it is to cut everybody's insurance. It used to be that everybody who had insurance had really good insurance. You were pretty much covered. You make your payments, you got a little copay, but everything was covered and so what did we do we We took those benefits away every time the whole national economy gets boosted by a pay raise. You know the higher money does not get the pay raise, the lower money does. Everybody's a little bit worse off. Because every price goes up based on the initial supply and demand, so now you're getting your seven fifty an hour, and you're wishing you were making ten fifty an hour. But I'm not making ten fifty an hour, and I don't want you to get that much pay raise. If the minimum wage goes up from seven fifty an hour to ten fifty an hour or eleven dollars an hour, then I want to jump my pay from you know forty thousand dollars a year to like. $50,000 a year or $60,000 a year. You're talking about a 25% increase. 25% increase. If if I want to feel like I'm still making that much more than the average person, I I don't want to sell my, my skills for less. I want to sell them for more. Now we're going to pay somebody who works at McDonald's 11 bucks an hour. I'm not saying that they don't need that money. It, it's a pity that, that people are willing to sell themselves for so little, but if everybody's making more, then everybody's going to have more money to spend, if everybody's going to have more money to spend, they're going to fix their prices at that point where people will still buy it, but they are making the most amount of profit, and sure, people will give out raises here and there, everybody will make a little bit more actual dollars, but the percentage versus the cost of living increase... No, that won't be justified. Cost of living has doubled in my time, and the minimum wage has not doubled in my time. In fact, cost of living is more than doubled. used to be able to get a, you know, $2 dollar meal. Now, you get $5 and that's scraps. So, I'd say just based on the prices of McDonald's alone, pay went up by... an hour, and the cost of food went up uh, by $3 an hour, or by $3 a meal, which means it's just, you know, you're making less even though you're getting more, that's how it works. So don't push for all these little band-aids they tell you are going to help because they don't help. They just make things worse. And then we adapt to it and then we complain that we want more and of course we want more. Why? Because you don't have enough to support. What's going on? Um, The only way to make it work would be to disrupt capitalism. If you're going to say that, you know, you have to lock the prices at this much, and we're going to raise our price and we're going to raise the minimum pay then, yeah, I won't get a pay cut while they get a pay raise, but then companies are going to start going out of business because they can't afford it. Why can't they afford it well let's let's see we We raised the minimum wage so everybody had more money, which means that you know if it costs you five bucks to get a a five dollar value meal. Which is a pretty cheap one. It's a pretty cheap one. It's, the average is spending about eight, nine bucks a person at McDonald's now, and now we want to raise the minimum wage from seven fifty an hour to eleven bucks an hour. But I've saved, let's say ten thousand dollars. Let's say I've saved. I haven't saved that much money. I wish I had. Now I've saved that much money. My savings did not increase proportionate to minimum wage. So effectively, as the rise wages or the cost of everything rises to meet the new minimum wage, the money I have saved has become less valuable. There's ways to mitigate this, of course. If you know it's about to go up, you know everything's about to go chaotic, right before the prices change, take every bit of money you've got and invest in something that doesn't that fluctuates with the market. Um like gold. Gold keeps going up. Why does gold keep going up? Because when you buy gold, you own gold. You sell gold at the new price. The new price adjusts with the economy. That's why it's a great way to save money. Sometimes it'll go up and sometimes it'll go down. But the more scarce it goes, the higher the demand for it, the more it goes up. So sometimes it outpaces the economy. So that's that's my tip. That's my rant. I don't know. I want things to get better, but I don't actually want to do anything about it, which that's that's like everybody, right? I don't want to actually take all the effort it takes to fix it. I just want to coast through, make everything nice and happy, and then enjoy my video games, get a good night's sleep, have a cup of coffee, murder a cow for breakfast, murder a cow for lunch, murder a cow for dinner. These cows are delicious, and they need to die. All of them. Slowly, over time. Not all at once. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't have any cows left. Okay. <clears throat> so that's a good solid rant for a good real first podcast. Remember how much time I've actually logged in here. 20 minutes. Feels like longer, but it also feels like I haven't said anything important. So, I was going to talk wrestling, so let's talk wrestling. We are about three weeks away from the Royal Rumble, the kickoff of WrestleMania season. In the Royal Rumble, we are going to have Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman, the Battle of the Bees, the Monster Among Men, and the Beast Incarnate. It's an interesting match. This happened because, of course, Robin Reigns had to advocate because of his leukemia. Uh, I really hope he comes back. When he comes back, all the controversy about him being a, an in-betweener because hardcore fans hate him and young fans love him. That'll all go away. Everybody will just be happy he's back for you know, a good solid six months. And hopefully they can manipulate that into something a little more long-standing for him and he can finally get out of that that spot that he was unfairly put into. But, let's talk Brock and Braun. On paper, it should be Brock Lesnar, there's no doubt about it. Brock Lesnar wins. Everybody's upset because we don't really want Brock Lesnar to hold the title anymore. He gets paid way too much money. He's only there part time. You can tell it's not his his passion anymore. He's gonna do UFC fights. But he's not going to turn on the payday because it's a hell of a payday. And he doesn't have to do any of the heavy work. I mean, he does, like, in the match. But, you know, he's got Paul Heyman to set everything up for him. However, Braun Strowman has been abused as a character? I guess that's one way to put it. He's, I mean, he's over still, but he's just not... He's not been treated like a monster. He's been treated kind of like an idiot. And he got injured. Well, fake injured because he was having surgery. And it's sort of inevitable. We don't like it when it's inevitable. We like it when it's something we don't expect. Or something that seems hardly hard fought and hard won. It doesn't feel hard fought and hard won anymore. And he's a one-note character. Let's just get these hands. out of a big guy. Rawr. So... Neither one is an ideal candidate to be in this match. We have to look at the future. WrestleMania. The way I see it, if Brock Lesnar wins, then we have Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins in the Royal Rumble. Seth Rollins winning the Royal Rumble. Him going on to headline WrestleMania. Defeating Brock Lesnar. The hero that deserves it wins. Everybody's fairly happy that he beats Brock Lesnar. Um, that seems like the storybook ending I can get behind. Not extremely long term, but then we can always have, you know, Drew McIntyre versus, um, Seth Rollins. That'll be a good fight. Um, we'll probably get some crappy post-WrestleMania Bobby Lashley feud going on, which won't lead to anything. Maybe Dean Ambrose loses the Intercontinental title and he goes on for a little while, that's a possibility. But none of that really excites me. So I don't know that that's necessarily the best way to go, but you can always pull out of it pretty quick. And it does make for a really good WrestleMania moment, let's face it. That's all we look forward to is WrestleMania, right? The rest of the year is just a build up to WrestleMania. That's not true, but that's the way it seems sometimes. So, what if Braun Strowman wins? Well, he's... Oh, pardon me. He's a big guy. He's a face. Somebody's got to be able to take him down. Or at least give him a good run for the money. And I think the only candidate for that would be... Drew McIntyre right now. Drew McIntyre is big enough. And about the same size. Um, You know, you don't realize this... Until you see him right next to each other. Um what's his name, uh, oh, come on, he was the champion for a little while, it's not, uh, it's not the great Kali. you know what I'm talking about, right, right, um, Shanti, damn it, what's his name, uh, Kaiser Soze, no, no, not Kaiser Soze, It'd be weird if it was Kaiser Jose. Um, Now I can't think of his name. Anyways, he's he's bigger than than Braun Strowman as well. I just it's gonna kill me. I can't think of it. Anyways, so uh, Drew McIntyre wins. Then we've got Drew McIntyre winning the Royal Rumble, setting him up to go against Braun Strowman that's a pretty decent Wrestlemania match as well uh but it doesn't have that hero's victory that you always like to have in Wrestlemania you want you want the underdog to win so I don't think that's where we're going although long term Drew McIntyre is a heel champion with Braun Strowman trying to get his title back uh Seth Rollins trying to get the title uh And Balor trying to get the title. Yeah. There's some stuff to work with, I suppose. On the SmackDown side, nobody's going to win the Royal Rumble. We've got AJ Lee versus Daniel Bryan. Sorry, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. (laughs) AJ Lee versus Daniel Bryan would be a more fun match. I really don't care about this match at all. Um... I oh, know they're trying to reinvigorate Styles, but I mean, he's great in the ring, but outside of the ring, he's just nothing. He's just nothing. Daniel Bryan is really kind of adopting, you know, he's he's really driving this character that I agree with, so I don't know how I'm supposed to hate him. Which I guess is why he started calling people impotent just to get more heat. Um, he's got to shift off of the, you know, he can't be making that much sense if he's going to be a heel. It's it's like he was the Vince McMahon version of a heel. What would Vince McMahon hate? Vince McMahon would hate somebody who was going on and on about the environment when it doesn't really have anything to do with wrestling. But, yeah, yeah, kind of know he's right. And that doesn't help. And uh, he's got to shift gears some way that makes it just more, more aggravating. He can't just be annoying. He's got to have a message out there. And that message has to be something that we can agree with, but we resent. That we can agree with, but we feel bad for. This is why Miz is my favorite character. Because Miz is a pompous asshole. He's a professional asshole. I mean, his whole job is to go out there and make you think... Yes, he does deserve respect. Yes, he deserves a lot that he gets. He deserves more than he gets. He works really hard. But he's just so damn smug about it. And he likes to push people's buttons. He's good at pushing people's buttons. So I would not be surprised to find out that the whole Shane and Miz tag team duo erupts sometime close after WrestleMania. And that... um, we don't have a a champion set up, or a challenger set up for Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. And it goes all the way to Hell in a Cell, in which point we have to choose a challenger for Daniel Bryan. If that is the case, who are our standing options? Well, AJ Styles, of course, is up there, but he's working the angle right now. and He's had a title for a long time. I don't think he's going to get back into the scene. We have Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is a heel. And he's not a likable heel. So he either becomes a face, which, well, we could. You know, he doesn't have to change much. He just has to attack people we don't like as much. And I suppose his character didn't change, but he changed. That's a possibility. Um, We have horrible standbys. Orton, Mysterio... I don't want to see either of those. The other option we still have on the table is The Miz. Um, And I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be in in a match with Shane where he does all the work. And Shane takes one or two high spots. And in usual Miz fashion, he puts somebody else over, even though he's the one that the company should get behind, usually in these situations. I mean, let's see. He had... Last year wasn't too bad with the three way for the Intercontinental title. He was leaving the show. Seth Rollins needed the win, giving the Intercontinental champion to somebody everybody respects is good. It was the working title on Raw, no problem there. He didn't get o He didn't get put under there. Um, but the year before that with um, Cena and Nikki, I mean. If you look at just who put all the work into pushing that match and making it something people wanted to see, it was not Cena and Nikki. It was the Miz. Eh, a little bit Maurice, but Maurice did about as much as Nikki and Cena did. The Miz is the one who made that a match people wanted to see. It wasn't a very good match, it didn't last very long. <coughs> but what do you expect when you got a woman who's part time versus a woman who's part time with a bad neck? So, okay. But, at some point, they got to stop putting him under and start putting him over. Because he is one of their top stars. And he does command the show. Like, you're not watching anybody else when he's out there. You know he's going to do something funny. Or he's going to do something crazy. Or he's going to give an impassioned speech. And he's going to have decent matches a whole while. You put him and AJ Styles together. You put him and Daniel Bryan together. You know there's going to be good matches, especially with Daniel Bryan. You know, seems like Miz might be on the verge of a heel flip to a face. Okay. Um, don't know how that's going to work, but, you know, I know everybody in the backstage loves him. You know, he's a he's a good solid guy. Everybody likes the person, even if they don't like the character. So. I don't know who else it goes to. I don't know who else you got. You got Samoa Joe, you got The Miz. You got Daniel Bryan with the title. He maybe doesn't keep it that long, who knows. But there's not really anybody else on the show that's positioned properly. We might get a Mustafa Ali match in between, because there are like three pay-per-views before WrestleMania after Rumble. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with Mustafa Ali, but I don't have anything for him either. The fact that he can move great in the ring is is wonderful, but there's a lot of guys who can do that and never get that high. The fact that he's even on the main roster is great, but he should be you know, he should be developing a character. He should be working those working man tunnels. Anyway. So that's my Complete confusion over what's going on in the next four months. Which is good, you know. It's nice to, to not know what's going to happen. Not have a, the writing so clearly planned on the wall. Of course, um, I have no idea how Reigns is doing. He could come back, you know, never. He could come back in a year. He could come back in six months. And all of that would just change up the plans. Because when he comes back, it's going to be hot. In the women's, we have Becky Lynch versus Asuka for the title. Asuka is the champion. Becky Lynch just lost it. Oh I don't see Asuka holding the title all the way to WrestleMania, but then who knows? I kinda see Becky getting it back. Whatever happens, it's gonna be a clear win. This at the Royal Rumble. Which leaves Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax on Raw brand. It's kind of well-worn territory. Nia Jax doesn't really excite like she used to. when Ronda Rousey is spit-booked so dominantly. Um, somebody's got to give her a real run for the money. And it's got to be somebody we can believe. Which means it's even got to be somebody really fucking good. Like... Like Bailey or Banks. Um, Or it's got to be somebody really devious. Maybe Bliss finally comes back. I don't know how much longer she's out. It's nice that they got her on the talk show. Obviously, they don't want to get her off camera. They want people to still care about her. So I'm sure they'll work something in with that. Um, I'm not a fan of Rousey versus Banks. Because Banks... Fights like she is a ragdoll. I mean, she's great, but... She's gonna hurt herself one of these days. And Rousey has a tendency... To put people in situations where they get hurt. And I can just see that match ending badly. Um, So I don't really want that. I think Bailey's the better choice if you're gonna stick Raw. But... You know... How how much can Bailey do? She's kind of drifted off to the wayside. But if you're going to make Bailey and Rousey, somebody's got to turn heel. And honestly, I think Rousey's probably the better choice for that. All she has to do is start getting threatened by somebody and then decide to take devious actions. Why? Because she sees that's all done. So who's going to win what match? I guess it's not Rousey versus Jackson. It's Rousey versus Banks. Yeah. Yeah. Rosie versus Banks. Oh, oh, I'm tired. Okay, so that leaves who's going to win the Royal Rumble? Who's going to get a title match at WrestleMania? I think the clear winner is going to be Charlotte. The only way it's not going to be Charlotte is if somebody else comes out. Um, the real really when to push the angle. Uh, like Basler, Shana Baszler is good. Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey know each other. There's there's a little bit of built-in story there. The other girls, the four horsewomen, are not built up yet, so you can't really go that direction. Um, and nobody wants to have a four on four WrestleMania match for the title. That's that's disrespectful. So. Um uh, yeah, I'm thinking I think Charlotte's gonna win. She gets champ challenge whichever champion she wants. And I think Asuka's gonna win so that Lynch is not there, so it could be Rousey versus Charlotte versus Lynch. Okay. And that's what I think's gonna happen to the Royal Rumble. Uh whoever Dean Ambrose faces, he's gonna retain. I, I don't even remember. They announced a, a challenger. I think it's uh I think it's Finn Balor. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I haven't built it up very good either way, so it doesn't matter. Uh Shinsuke gets his rematch against Rusev. Again, Rusev's gonna win that. He hasn't had the title long enough to lose it. Rusev has always been good with the US title. That's that's been the highlights of his career was was him holding the US title, rubbing it in everybody's face, being the anti-American as the American champion, facing off against Cena you know, with the freaking tank. Uh yeah. Tag titles. Uh let's see the bar versus Shane and Miz. I mean, I love Miz, don't get me wrong. But Shane McMahon sucks. He comes out, he does his little dance. He throws horrible punches. He, he just looks like an idiot out there. And the other person does all the work. And then he does one or two high spots. And everybody just cheers and goes crazy because he almost killed himself. That's not, that's not what I want to see. Um, you have three of the best workers, Sheamus, Sheamus, Cesaro, and Miz, you know, those guys, they know how to put a match together, and it's, it's, it's just ridiculous if the bar loses to Shane and Miz, maybe somewhere a little bit further down the line, Shane and Miz can actually do something good, but it shouldn't even be a match right now, they should have, like, They should have been having warm-up matches against the lower-ranked teams or anything. Losing a few times, working it out, then eventually starting to click. And then maybe we could build to something where they get a title win. But I don't even see that happening. You know, Shane's not wrestling that often. And it's not that Miz isn't putting in the work. I mean, as much as anybody could possibly sell this idea, he's selling it. But it's just a garbage idea. I don't know what the end game is. So hopefully it's something good. I I mean, at some point, you know, Shane and Miz are going to be fighting each other. Probably WrestleMania. Where Miz is probably going to put Shane over. Although, that's not how it should go. Shane should lose to Miz. Which maybe it is. You know, maybe that's that's the goal. Maybe they decided that the... Yeah, the greatest in the world. Champion, co besties. Maybe they decided they need to fix that some way. And well, you know, Miz is not the greatest ever worker of all time, of course, everybody knows that. But between Shane and Miz, there's there's no doubt that Miz is the talent and Shane is the figure piece. So if they get something going and they turn into a Miz face turn, where Miz ends up facing Daniel Bryan as a face, then okay, I I don't see it yet, but yeah, so that's the wrestling world, my world, everybody's sick, multiple times sick, I'm sick, girlfriend's sick, boss was sick last week, Um, parents got sick, roommates are getting sick, everybody's just dying from diseases. Apparently, the flus that at, like, an all-time high, so, yeah, all right, I'll talk to you again, if you wish to contact me, well, don't, <laughs> I'll figure something out later on, some way you guys can message me, you get a hold of me, but at the moment, we're not really there yet, I'm just kind of spouting stuff off, getting in the habit of talking for 45 minutes or so, um. I'll set up some sort of an email or some sort of a Twitter handle. Something that you can contact me there without my own personal stuff getting overridden. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you have a wonderful night. I hope if you don't have a wonderful day or a wonderful night that, you know, maybe you get an extra wet nap. Oh, have I mentioned wet naps? No. Okay, so I have this weird obsession with wet naps, right? And I have rules about how I can get them. I cannot buy a box of them. I mean, I know I physically could, but they don't count. I have to get them by by taking advantage of situations. So if I go to a place and they say, here's a wet nap, I will take everybody's wet nap I can get a hold of. They expect you to take one or two, but they leave out 20. I'll take all 20. Ask for more, because obviously somebody took all my white naps, and I need a few, right? Then they refill it, and I'll take those. Oh, uh, and then I'll take it from other tables. I go crazy for it. I don't even know what this obsession is, but when I die, I want somebody to be, like, going into a room, into a box our room, and just find, like, thousands of them. I, I'm i not there yet. I, I got like, I got, like, 60. Something like that. My friend was like, hey, I got these wet naps too. Boss gave them to me. I got a whole pack of them. And I said, these don't count. She's like, what do you mean they don't count? Because they gave them to you as a box. They expected you to take the whole box. So none of those count. Has to be like, we expect you to use these while we're here. And then, you know, maybe you take one in your pocket for later. Because you didn't use the two we gave you. That's how you accumulate them. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is great for this. Every time I order delivery, I ask for like, you know, an extra, just a lot of them. They usually throw in about 15 or so. Those count. Why? Because they expect you to take one or two and then they throw a whole bunch extra in. Oh God, if I go into the restaurant, I come back with like pockets full of them. The other thing is, what she got, what' not wet naps. Wet naps are folded napkins that are moistened, and usually with a slight hint of lemon. They don't really clean anything, and they're not really great. You know, all they're really good is, like, if you dry your hands off the napkin, a dry napkin, and then you can get that last little bit of schmutz off, and then you're kind of okay to go to the bathroom and actually wash your hands. They're not like a real cleaning appliance. Uh, So she got a case of alcohol swabs for disinfecting shit. And she doesn't understand how it's not the same thing. If you don't understand how it's not the same thing, then you can't play the game. And she's mad. She can't play the game, but yeah, she's not playing the game, so it doesn't it doesn't count. Like, doctor gives you alcohol swabs for your your diabetic glancing strips. That doesn't count. Those aren't wet naps. You got those. They gave you that full amount. If it counted, it would count like as one or two. Because, like, if if I give you a whole box of wet naps because you're taking a field trip and you're supposed to hand them out to the kids and you don't hand them out to the kids, that I would count because you weren't supposed to keep those. You're supposed to dis- distribute them and you have to distribute them. You have to give every kid one or two, but you got a case of 200 and you had 20 kids and you gave out 40, you yeah, know, maybe, maybe 50 altogether for the whole day. And you took the rest of that box and you put it away and you saved it. Those I would count because you got them through nefarious means. You took more than you were supposed to take. That's the goal. That's how you win. It's stupid, I know. That don't even question it. Just just accept that's my my life. Alrighty. Uh recommendations. Let's see. Uh if you haven't watched Um Dark Mirror. The new Dark Mirror episode, uh, was it Bandersnatch? Or... Yeah, I think it's Bandersnatch. Watch it. Uh, my recommendation is don't give up. Just keep going until you can't go no more. No matter how many times you fail, don't give up. It gets cooler and cooler as you go. Uh, watched Travelers recently. That was pretty good. Um, I think the show's over. And if the show's not over, it seems like they're going to like restart it. So. I always like when a series is a full series I can watch. I don't like watching one season at a time and I'm waiting for a year. I mean, I will, but... Yeah. Um... Let's see. Been playing Fallout 76. Um... Not the best game for everybody. I mean, you gotta have a certain mindset to love that game. I do love that game. I have been hooked on it. Um... It's 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 more about surviving than it is about fighting. You you fight constantly. But it's it's eking out your little corner of survival and getting stronger and stronger and stronger. The storyline is told for your character storyline, you know, like it, it things happen to you and and there's stuff to do, but it's not it's just not your regular Fallout game. Which has caused some people to hate it. I don't care. I love it. I have not started playing Red Dead Redemption yet, but I will as soon as I worn my welcome out in Fallout 76. So that might be like another six months down the road. Who knows? A game like this, I'm I'm not going to stop playing anytime soon. It's going to get all my attention. Wow, well, all my attention when I'm not seeing the girlfriend, and I'm not working or sleeping. So that's where my attention goes. Anyway, peace, love, and have it at you. Out. Jabber's Delight. A real episode this time. Done. Hey, everybody. Jabber's Delight here. Just wanted to add into everything else. I've set up a Facebook page, so you can find me at Jobber's Delight, one word, at Facebook. Um, I took the apostrophe out, so it's J-O-B-B-E-R-S-D-E-L-I-G-H-T at Facebook. Yay!